change, everyone. The podcast from Tybal Inc. I'm Pete Wright, and on uh, sitting gleefully on his back porch, <laughs> Howard Tybal. Hello, sir. Gleefully, cheerfully. This is, this is what it's come to now. You're just. This is. Do you have like a? a what do you have? Something with an umbrella in it. I'm sure that you are drinking, and very no, large sunglasses. It's 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 ten after three. I got a cup of coffee. <laughs> you be by now. <laughs> It's coffee time. Uh, oh, it's coffee time. I forgot. I'll get it right. It's a time zone difference, I'm yeah. sure. Four o'clock, it's the umbrella. Four o'clock is wine o'clock. That's right. That's there we right. go. No, it's uh, delightful to talk to you uh, again, uh, Howard. We are going to be talking about the elusive why today. I love this. You know, I uh, this uh, uncovering the why, I, I think, is a—and you're going to walk through this model uh, in a second that you have developed, and I, I love it. But let me tell you why it's on my mind. Okay. Um, you know, I teach this. Uh, I teach this graduate uh, marketing class, and one of the things that we're doing right now in this in, in this program is is uh, is covering uncovering the great hole in the product development process. So figuring out, you know, what is the trail of breadcrumbs? You know, our organizations have done A, B, and C in the past. What is the next logical D in terms of of uh, you know our next big uh, project or our next big release or our next big you know change initiative? And and how do we make you know make things better? And part of 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 that. Uh, of that discovery means we have to achieve a new intimacy with our problem set, right? With our, our problem environment. And I look at that as uncovering the great hole. What is the hole we're trying to fill? But it got me thinking about this model that you've been working on and working with organizations, uh, uh, you know, around this decision-making process and uncovering the great why. And I thought, what a great opportunity for you to share right here on the show. Fantastic. So uh, tell me, right. what, walk me, walk me through this process. How do you help? How, how do you help organizations see? You know, well, maybe we should start this way. Why is it important? That's great. I'm so glad you read my mind. You know, it's interesting because I was just saying, all right, well, how did I even come up with this as something that was important to do? And that, you know, I've for many years facilitated, you know pre-project work and planning and then you know the execution piece of it and what i found over the years and i think it just became more and more apparent is that there's so much information that is based on people's assumption and and never really reflected upon you know this idea that we assume that we're in agreement on something and we haven't even discussed it and then i said all right so if I ask questions like if I'll be in a meeting and I'll say, so why is that important? That's probably how many, how many words is that? Why is that important? That's four words. That is probably the single most, uh, well, single most frequently used question I ask. And I get almost always, if there's a group working on something, uh, a pause. And it's not like they haven't thought about it, but they realize that, they, they've never really discussed it. Why is it important to focus on retention? Why is it important to focus on, you know, the, you know, tuition growth number? The, the problem is, is that we don't, I think we don't talk about it because we want it, we don't want to appear that the most obvious question is something that we don't have the answer to. But when you raise it, this whole, this, this idea that there's no stupid questions uh, what what I'm trying to do is take that to the next level. It's, it's not even that it's a stupid question. It's that we need to we need to verbalize the why, why something's important to focus on, to do, to not do, so that we can for ourselves 
decide if it's something worth focusing on. Because if you can't have a compelling why, why is it important to do this or not do this, then you might actually be wasting your time on something that's not important. So yeah, the, you know that's a great it, it's a great process and I want and, and so I'm, the question in my head right now is what does a satisfactory response to that question sound like to you in that context and yeah maybe something we you know not to answer right now no uh, I'll tell you what the satisfactory first answer is sure I don't know mm, so you trumped me I don't know yeah you know that when when I get groups or even individuals to step back from this linear way of thinking or presuming that they have it figured out and they say, or that's a great question. Uh, there, there isn't, there isn't a framework where I go, you hit it. It's, it's more about that. I want, I want people and I think groups need to do a better job of, of when they start something to slow down and, this why actually is inter, interposed with uh, this visual model that I have where the first question, you know, if you think about where do you start, people often start from the place of what's the problem they're trying to solve. And even though that's the obvious place to start, they don't even ask that question effectively because the the problem is already not only decide, uh, figured out, they're they're already on the solution. You know, because that's how we're wired, right? I mean, we're wired to be wired. solution, particularly in the context of, of you know, functional meetings. Well, you know, in, in and recently I took this all the way back to because I watched this video of this uh, individual talking about research around problem solving and that being wired uh, from a very early age that we're asked by a teacher, what's the answer to X? And we're wired to just, you know, put our hand up and have an answer. We're not wired to say, you know, could you imagine if in elementary school, uh, the thing that people focus on is, should we be even talking about this? No, it's like, you're supposed to have an answer. And the first good answer as adults in meetings, the first good answer shuts down every other possible way of looking at it. And that's the other, that's the other thing when I talk about slowing down, that's so important is that I think groups have to first say to themselves, all right, we're going to hear we're going to hear an idea from somebody that when we're trying to figure out what the problem is, and we got to stop ourselves or catch ourselves from going. There's the solution. Let's put a plan around that and move on. Uh, it, it, instead, the thing I think we have to have top of mind is: Do we understand the problem? And the answer to that question is not yes or no. The question is. That should be front and center and should remain front and center uh, until you exhaust that there are no other ways of looking at it. But I think as a function of our impatience, the function of some people come up with a really good solution and we don't, we, we, we don't have anybody in the room saying to ourselves, or oh, wait a second, before we say that's the problem we're going to solve, let's step back. What are some other possible ways of looking at this? A very simple one for me is the difference between uh, a process problem and a people problem. You know, very often if we'll call, get called in, the, the client already has figured out that they have a people problem or they figured out they've got a process problem. But really what they've identified are symptoms, right? Mm -hmm. 
they're they're not deconstructing the problem. They got a problem, and you know, if if the if it's a people problem, it's often because this person, their style of delivery is bad, and it's obvious that if we can fix that person, then we've solved the problem. When in fact, sometimes it's the process that's in place that if you fix that, it it solves the problem. And and vice versa is true too. I got pulled in to do a a pretty significant process hearing around uh, a particular discipline and. When the key that were sort of in this organization left, the problem that I solved with the process, which actually didn't solve it, the problem began to disappear when uh, the people that were in those particular roles left. Hmm. But that, it didn't appear that way. It yeah. appeared initially that we have a process problem. So, so part of this is what we talked about last time, Pete, is this idea of truth-telling. Right. Right. But another part of it is let's not jump to a solution before we fully understand the problem. Because we, we are, are wired to be so satisfied with uh, blame or judgment. And I, and I don't mean judging or blaming people necessarily, though that happens. But, but once we find, as you say, once we lock in on a solution that feels good, whether or not that's a symptom, we're locked into it. And we have, we have a path now. Not only do we have a path, we also have an investment. Right. And that's the other. That's the other. The other big thing that I think that happens is is that uh, once we voice something, uh, we get invested in in trying to justify and and almost win. You know, it's like we're gonna we're gonna make sure that people are gonna go down this path. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a topic for a whole other conversation mm-hmm. where people get invested in an idea. But the the, the idea behind the why. And what's the problem we're trying to solve is after you really deconstruct and say, all right, do we fully understand the problem, not just the symptoms, but what's actually going on, then we should ask, why is it important to solve this? Mm -hmm. And the answer to that question needs to lead to, well, because that's, you know, our mission is to be able to do this better. We don't do this very well. Um, or it's preventing us from doing something that's core to our business. Uh, but in, And by voicing that, you begin to articulate what you need to get buy-in from others to get behind this, right? Which, See, which without, doesn't focus at all on the symptoms that you mentioned a, a second ago. Well, the, yeah, it's a whole other conversation. Right, right. It's like, why should we focus on this? Why should we pursue this? And... You get a bunch of people discussing this. You raise the level of the conversation so that it focuses on a sort of a more strategic thinking. Because ultimately, that's what why is about is, is it consistent with, at, 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 a, at a higher level, where you're trying to go, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So between what's the problem we're trying to solve and why is it important, uh, those two things get you to a place where you then can effectively even step back from those two and say, all right, if, this, if we had success around this initiative or around this project, the software development, uh, putting in a new, um, a, a new technology or putting in a new process, I'm just going to use retention and higher education as an example. If we were successful, looking back on it, what does that look like? And that's another very powerful way of getting groups 
to get outside the box of why we can't do things, to have them talk about the success as if it's already happened. That's that's really smart, and it gets out of symptom thinking completely. It re- that's a, it seems like a sort of unifying um, a function that that move people beyond. Well, you know, Janet's caustic when she talks to you know people who come in with a billing problem, uh, and gets people more thinking. What are the billing problems that uh, that we have in the first place? And actually, taking that, what are the billing problems we had in the first place? To if billing. If our billing process was phenomenally successful, most recently I said that, and I said, listen, imagine that you are nationally recognized, your institution, for having the, the, the best billing process, and you're speaking about this. What does it look like? Mm. People pause. People are like sitting there going, oh my God, I never thought about that. Yeah, but put, ultimately, put people on stage. Put people in a position to have to say, you've won an award right. for having the best process around X, Y, or Z. What does it look like? Or the strongest team. What have you done? And not what are you going to do, what have you done? And next thing you know, you're having a completely different conversation. So when I say start with what's the problem, introduce the why, then talk about vision, the truth is all three of those things you could start with any one of those. You know, mm-hmm. what I like about starting with what's the problem is that's how people typically think. It's, it's, it's an easy way to get people engaged by asking, what's the problem we're trying to solve? Right? Speaking Let's a language do... they already understand. Exactly. Yeah. The thing that they don't, what I, what I find fascinating that I really have to work hard uh, to get people to do is to think in that past tense format, which is it's 2015. You've been nationally recognized for X, Y, or Z. Describe what you see. I mean, it's truly a visioning exercise. But if you pick the date that they get, by, that, that the group or individual says they get by, the the whole body language, the tone, the mood shifts. It's it's all about the thing that they're striving for, but they can't see because everything's filtered through the problems. What this conversation went on a lot longer than Howard and I had anticipated, and we covered a lot more uh, in this decision-making process in uh, what amounts to two more episodes of Navigating Change. So we're going to stop this conversation right now. We invite you to head over to the website, and if you're not a subscriber of the show, jump over to iTunes and, and subscribe to the show there. It's the best way to make sure you don't miss a single episode. And join us next week for episode two, or part two of this conversation, uh, and where we talk talk about uh, more about brainstorming and leadership and we'll pick it up from there thanks again on behalf of howard tybell i'm pete wright thanks so much for joining us and we'll catch you next week on navigating change the podcast from tybell inc (laughs) 